Hello, everybody. Hello. <laughs> We're back. Ooh, we back, child. <laughs> With another episode of Tinseltown Tea. Mm-hmm. I'm still a mess. Hey. That's fine. A beautiful, God loves beautiful me. mess. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're on episode 93. That is correct. Damn, that's loud. Yes. We're on episode 93. Which I... Creeping up on the hundred. Yes. Well, that's crazy. Like I say, we're still... Figuring out what we want to do. Yeah. For the big hunnit. Yes. Hunnit. H-U-N-N-I-D. Hunnit. Period. Okay. <laughs> Period. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, we're Tinseltown Tea. Yeah. You know who we are at this point because yeah. we've done 93 episodes. That's right. Just in case you don't, we're two black writers mm-hmm. telling you about writing shit, entertainment mm-hmm. shit, Hollywood shit. That's right. All the shits. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So yeah. We have our different segments, which we'll walk you through as we do them. That's I'm right. Corey. My beautiful host is Judith, hey, and she's you. gonna start us off with the "Would You Rather." That's right for the day. A little icebreaker. Yes, and so I'm not the biggest fan of the horror genre, but I do, Ooh. I do want to keep because this is spooky season. It is spooky season, so I want to keep in theme and i do love a comedy so there are mm-hmm. some uh scary scary quote-unquote scary movies that are funny mm-hmm. so this would you rather is which halloween comedy would you rather be stuck in for life and there's three i'm gonna give you okay, okay give it to me there is Boo, a Madea Halloween. Like the way I say, Boo. Halloween. <laughs> With the R, my dear. Um, <laughs> I actually enjoyed that. A scary that. movie, too, because I like scary movie, too. That was funny. So, what was the subject matter of the. So, that was when one. they. I think it was with the Wayans brothers, and they like. Oh, wait. They were in the first of, one, too, right? Yeah, they did that. The whole, like, scary movie. 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, mm. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 18, 18. Like, they did so many of the scary movies. But the one scene that I loved the most was, and maybe it's, it's definitely problematic at the time, but, like, the one dude had, like, a little arm or whatever. Oh, that was the second one. And he kept on asking people <laughs> to do things with his little arm and knowing good and goddamn well. They were gonna die because he kept the strong hand. Yes, that shit. I don't know why it just sent me every time. That's funny because I googled a uh, scary movie too, and the first question that people ask is, "Is scary movie too inappropriate?" <laughs> and the answer is yes. The answer is always very yes. inappropriate. Um, and then like a kid classic that I love, but Hocus Pocus. Ooh, it was it was super fun. It still has some scary moments. I will say. Boo. <laughs> but I I always thought it was super fun. So which one of these oh. Halloween comedies would if you had to be stuck in for life, just on repeat, which one would it be? Girl Hocus Pocus. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, I watch Poker Hooks about every other month. Yeah. It don't gotta be spooky season. Okay. I watch Hocus Pocus every other month. I know every single line. Oh my god. <laughs> you are kind of I know sore. every single line. That's amazing. I know all the timing. Of the lines, I could play every character. Of come Hocus on, Pocus. come on. So yeah, I'd be in Hocus Pocus. That's amazing. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I would agree, but I need to rewatch it. Like I'm not like that's a, like a movie. <laughs> oh my god, like, that's amazing. I just remember when Bet when I put a spell on you. That shit yeah. slapped. <laughs> I love that song so much. Yeah, she it's did a great that. Song. Thing she did is that. Yep. <laughs> I might rewatch that tonight. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm glad you love it. Yeah, so that was good. That Yay. was good. Would you rather? We're going to keep the spooky season. Would you rather going for October? Yes. Because um, y'all know I love spooky season. So <laughs> we'll keep that going for y'all. That's right. And then our No Better Do Better. I actually didn't plan it this time. So it's I'm okay. just going to wing it. Off the top. Freestyle. What does my heart want to say? <laughs> mm, I don't know. Mm. Mm. <laughs> What do you want to say, girl? Ooh, my heart wants to say my no better do better for the day is to just live a little fearless with your work. Mm, um, so I feel like ooh, yes, I feel like a lot of creatives can get in their own way mm-hmm. and be afraid to kind of put their stuff out or even go into the industry or yeah. even talk to certain people in the industry. And listening to the different guests that we've had, we've had mm-hmm. a lot of guests For sure. in the last two months. Mm-hmm. And 
one common thing that I hear all the time is to be fearless yeah. and not be afraid to do certain things and uh, be shameless too. Yeah. A couple of them said that yeah. just to be shameless. Mike and uh, Jean, they yep, and both I think, said that. I think yeah. Alicia said something yep. like that too. Just, yeah. yeah. And so, Brittany, I think Brittany Nichols was like, yeah. yeah so no, just guys, yeah. I mean, if you want to make it to where these folks were, mm-hmm. you got to be, you know, a little bit more brave That's and have right. a little more courage and don't be stuck in your little box. Yeah. Um, I know it's easy to stay there, but if you ain't scared, hunty, then you ain't growing and you ain't doing something right. Okay. Well, That's kind of how I live my little life. So, yeah, I think that applies here in this. So be shameless, be fearless, go after what you want, and don't worry about what a bitch got to say because well, she's not paying your man. bills. Well, come on. Well, period. Mm-hmm. Ashe and amen. And that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Speak from the heart always with the no better, do better. That worked mm-hmm. out swimmingly. It was great. Oh, that's a word, swimmingly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So now we're going to get into the news. And yeah, we usually get most of our news from Shadow and Act, which is a online publication that focuses on black and brown creatives in the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, Like we always say, make sure you read up on all the trades, whether it's the Hollywood Reporters, the Varieties, the... Um, what else? God, there's so many. Essence. Deadline. Deadline. Yes, of course. So read them all. Stay on, be in the know so that you are knowledgeable in the industry as we are trying to break in. And as we break in, we thrive and, you know, succeed in it. Um, Mm -hmm. yes. This headline was kind of weird to me, but. Very weird. That's why I put it. I'm like, this is weird. I like it. Very weird. But Raven Simone says she was catfished into joining The View. Now, let me get into the article. This was by Monique Jones. And um, yeah, so we're going to clarify. Raven Simone said she felt catfish into taking part in The View, according to um, a new interview. So this was first reported in The Hollywood Reporter, and she was discussing uh, she she discussed it um, joining The View um, on the ABC News special podcast, The View Behind the Table. So they have a, I guess they have a, a joining podcast with uh, the show now, but okay, that's people are doing it now. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. lot of talking. Like you have to have a TV show with a podcast or your podcast has to be a TV show. It's a thing. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. why not speak for us? Amen. Um, so yeah. So quoting Raven. I got catfish. I feel like I got catfish, says the Ravens home star. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I was going on a show like Candace where it was pop culture and fun and exciting. And I got catfish and I learned a good lesson. Now, I don't think she's using the word catfish correctly. Nah, I think um, <laughs> I don't. She got an Urban Dictionary that again. Yeah. She using it the wrong way. Yeah. Um, maybe. Girl, yeah. I mean, maybe misinformed or led to believe something else. Led astray. Led astray. Yeah. Even then. Mm-hmm. But even then, The View has been on for a very long time. And is she still on there or is she talking no, about No, she's not on it now. Oh, okay. This is the past year. But like, I mean, from what she was saying in her quote, she just didn't think that there would be so much talk about politics. But mm-hmm. did they, they have talk- a McCain girl on there? Yeah, now they have the <laughs> make a McCain girl. They always, even before her, they had like, they had a spectrum. Like that was the whole point of setting up the view. You bring like several women together mm-hmm. from different viewpoints and political backgrounds and really, you know what I mean? To talk about the topics of the day. So yeah. also it was like started by Barbara Walters, who was like a Ooh, journalist, geez, right? Lord. You know, so it's not like you're gonna, you're gonna be talking about some politics in some of the mm, things, yeah. right? So I don't know, maybe she did not understand what the show was, but I think sometimes we need to do our research. Yeah. Well, she also said in here, she said it was pitched a completely different direction. Yeah. So maybe they said they're going to move a different direction and they never did. Either way, I never really see Raven on a show like that anyway. That's true. And maybe that's why she didn't, I mean, she, she's not there anymore. How long was she on there? Like a oh, little Oh, that's hot, a good question. A second? I am not sure. I think she was, 
for a couple of seasons for sure. But I have to double check. I'd have to yeah, I can't even see her like talking about politics. Right. But catfish is still not the, the right term. Yeah, mama, we all like, I'm like, that's still not correct. But okay. Um Okay. Well that what she said. Yep, that, that is that what, what she, she said. Oh. She's she said what she said. Right. <laughs> she still get money. She, she still got her coffee yes. money. Yep. I think. Yeah, she said she didn't even touch that. Yeah, so she's still getting shmoneys. Yeah, and Raven is still out here, you know, getting the, you know, spooks in the eyes and all that stuff with Raven home and all that. So she's <laughs> not the spooks. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite part, actually. She was like, uh, yeah, she had I haven't a watched Raven's home, but I haven't either. I was a big That's a Raven gal and yeah. Cheetah Girl gal. <laughs> I was a Cheetah gal. Cheetah sister. <laughs> cheetah girl, cheetah sisters. Yeah. I was all that. So nice. Shout out to her. Yeah. Glad she's not on there. She didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, continue to get your checks. It's fine. Yeah. And yes, try not to get catfish, I guess. I don't know. Um <laughs> <laughs> so next is next in the news, uh, No Time to Die star. Uh Ooh. Lashana Lynch on breaking ground in the Bond franchise. So, um, if you guys haven't seen the new Bond movie, it's the last one of uh, Craig, or excuse me, Daniel Craig's um, series. They're gonna have a new Bond, but during this film, she took over the 007 mantle. So, if you have a chance, check it Mm. out. So, basically when the news leaked that she would be taking over the 007 mantle, she became a target of a lot of racist bond fans. The girls are mad. The girls are mad. Yeah. Anytime a black person takes over anything that was originally done by white people, like white people go up in arms, like, Mm -hmm. like, like it's the end of the world. (laughs) It's like, especially if the character is not real. Oh my God. It's like blasphemy. It's crazy. It's insanity. It's wild so yeah so even through all of that she took the high road and she did a great job in the movie if you get the chance definitely check oh you it saw out. it it was mm-hmm. good yeah it was good it was long though how long like two hours yeah i think two hours two and a half hours yeah yeah uh, but the action scenes were amazing okay do yeah. i have to know the storyline to go see it no no. Okay, because I ain't seen that since Pierce. It's okay. Since Pierce. Yeah, it's fine. Was Bond. That was the It's 90s. completely fine. Yeah, okay. I'm not. I haven't seen all of them. Whenever I be jumping in, even like with the Harry Potter series, I was like, I don't know. Ooh, which nah, one. I, know. I jump right on in. <laughs> I just be like, anywho, here I come. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> so, yeah, don't worry about any of that. I did that with Marvel, too. I was like, Black Panther, here I come. Do I know backstory? Absolutely not. Nope, don't Let's care. Let's go. So, yeah you'll be able to enjoy it. So she talks about here since uh, Shadow and Act interviewed her. They talked. Oh, she, yeah. She talked about how like working with Daniel Craig and how great that was and, you know, how it is going pretty much how it's going to be moving forward, but not giving everything away because Heller, um, the Bond series is still going to be moving forward. And there's mm-hmm. a clarification too. like the first time I saw this article, like she plays a character named Nomi and I thought, not this article, but before we have reported that she yeah. she would be 007, right? Which mm-hmm. is correct. But in the story, because James Bond had disappeared for a while, they gave the 007 number to somebody else in the agency, which was her. So she was 007. So there were technically two 007. So she didn't replace Daniel Craig is what the girls, that's what the girls thought. Exactly. And so even in this film, I'll let y'all see it, but you know, it, it was his last one, so he did not clearly make it to the end. But that doesn't mean she's automatically the new James Bond, if that makes sense. She didn't. She didn't have the. She didn't take on the numbers 007 again. So interesting. Yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be a new Bond. Hopefully, I mean, I think they should just let her do it. But oh, they could never. <laughs> I would love, but they could never. I would love. I mean, the I girls would love for it. will burn buildings. <laughs> <laughs> it will be Armageddon. They'll go White storm the Capitol again, yeah. child. <laughs> <laughs> a black woman, no, shaman. <laughs> That's funny. What if it happened in like uh, England? They storm Buckingham Palace. And they're like, no, and they're like, it'd be great. That'd Just be throwing funny. crumpets at like, it'd be great. Y'all better say them damn crumpets, okay. child. That's <laughs> wrong with you. <laughs> what you gonna do when tea time comes? <laughs> yeah. 
Ooh, um, I think they were, they had little options or whatever. I think it just may be an option. They have been saying that forever, but they like, they never do it. I don't know what I need to do to make I that mean, happen, child. It's Who I need to talk to. Let me know. It's just wild. But yeah, if they have Idris and keep her on the cast too. Oh God. Not too black. Oh my God. Ooh. The world will end at that point. Child, just crack open the earth or the sky and let Jesus come back. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Let's just, let's not ruffle any feathers or Shad. Uh, diversity. Like, what the hell? Right. <laughs> what is that? What? Huh. But yeah, shout out to her. Great work. All right. Moving on to the next story. Kevin Hart's LOL and Sundance Institution announced Women Right Now Fellows for Peacock Projects, Chance for Development, and Deal. So this is super exciting. Um, so I'm just going to, this is an article again from Trey Mangun. Uh, gum, excuse me. And Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud and the Sundance Institute have announced three fellows for their inaugural Women Right Now Screenwriting Fellowship Program. The writers are Willandria, excuse me, Willandria Blair, Danielle Nicolette and Moni Odedipo. O Oyedipo. Excuse me, sis. Forgive me, please. As a part of the new partnership between Laugh Out Loud and the NBC Universal, the projects for all three fellows will stream will stream on Peacock, and one fellow will receive a career-defining development deal. Ooh. That's congrats, congrats to y'all. Amazing. Um, the three fellows that. Uh, they were chosen out of 672 submissions. Y'all so better. Go off. Um, and I, I think this is super cool. Like, they'll be, so the projects will be directed by actress Gabrielle Dennis, Megan Good, and Brisha Webb. Okay. So I'm excited for that. Like, all three of these women are amazing, been in the industry for, like, ever, and I can't wait to see them as directors. Yeah, that's going to be dope. Yeah. So I'm super excited. Congrats to them. Um, we can, should I read their log? Yeah, I think we should. Let's do it. Okay, so so the project from Willandria Blair is called Buddy and Bernice. And the log line is, a nursing home's famous funny man feels upstage when his <laughs> old comic nemesis moves in, That's reigniting cute. their bitter rivalry. Knowing a hearty laugh could put each of them in a cardiac arrest. Their goal <laughs> is to tell jokes that kill each other. This one will be directed by Gabrielle Dennis. This is, that's that hilarious. sounds <laughs> amazing. Line. Is that? It sounds horry, but also obviously <laughs> comedic. I stand. Yeah, it's kind of a dark. It could go in any direction because I could also see this as like a like a CBS like very silly old school like Norman Lear mm -hmm. sitcom type mm -hmm. thing. But mm -hmm. I could also see this as like this dark comedy where these like I hope they take it dark <laughs> in a way like oh that sounds good. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So the next one it, this is from writer Danielle Nicolette and it's called Black Karen. Oh, and here's the log line. On the advice of a therapist to treat her anxiety by thinking and behaving like happy people do, one black woman notices that white people seem pretty happy. Dot, dot, dot. This one will be directed by Megan. That Good. sounds scary, too. Yeah, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> That's a, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So black hair and like reverse get out. No. Oh, terrifying. Okay. Mm. So writer Oye Depo, um, her project is called Take the Job. And the log line is when Brie is offered a full-time job at the end of her internship, she's shocked by the one stipulation her employer has for the position. And this one will be directed Ooh. by Brisha Webb. Yeah. Both the last What is the stipulation? Yes. I want to know. Ooh. Yeah. I guess I got to watch. Yeah. Okay. So it's exciting. So like the three finalists, they will develop their scripts and they'll have guidance from a whole bunch of people in the industry and be well connected. I'm excited to see it. And hopefully we get to see, to my understanding, we'll be able to see all of these projects on Peacock. So mm -hmm, I'm, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm excited to see how all three of these, these come out. And the very fact that they were the three chosen out of the 672 submissions says a lot. So congrats to them. Definitely does. That yeah. is dope. This is a, sounds like it's a good um, program. I guess. Yeah. I don't know if it was just a one-time thing or if it is a continued program, yeah, but I hope it it's sounds more. like it's a good program. It says um, it's inaugural. So assuming it's yearly. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Because, yeah, they're getting their stuff produced. It says they're going to have a private screening. They'll receive $10,000 stipend. Wow. A four-night trip to the Sundance Film Festival. Oh, they're screening at the Sundance Film Festival. Oh, nice. And then one of them is going to get a deal. And then it'll be on Peacock and on the LL Network. So it sounds like it's definitely... It's good. Yeah. It's amazing for Pretty good opportunities. these uh, these women. I think it's only for a black women. Don't quote me, but I think it is. I yeah. saw some of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So y'all better hop on the next one, child. Next year, don't be playing them Truly. games. And get your, get your stuff in there. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Let's Shout go. Yeah. Congrats, guys. I like it. I love it. All right. On to the next, Tyler Perry and Blumhouse's Jason Blum teaming up for the first time to produce thriller film Help. Ooh. Yes, Help. Mm. <laughs> help us, Chai. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I love that. I'm watching. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll see. If it's like really, really scary, like I might skip it. But like, yeah, we'll see. Well, but on a thriller. Yeah. It may not be that scary. That's true. This thrilling. Mm-hmm. You know, just a little bit of that. Yeah, they get me every time. Um, <laughs> so this one is written by Monique Jones and Tyler Perry and Blumhouse's James, Jason Blum are working together for the first time on an up-and-coming thriller, Help, just like we stated before. Um, the film will be written by Star Trek Discovery and wrong-term writer Alan McElroy. Wait, did you say wrong turn? Yeah. Oh my god, that movie was so fucking scary. <laughs> this shit got to be whoo, wrong turn was so scary. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. That's probably why I didn't see it. Ooh, child. Okay. Um <laughs> and it'll start production in Atlanta, of course. Next year at Tyler Perry Studios. Well, So there's not much about the film. So if you're stating that these, you know, I know, you know. Jason Blum is known for working with uh, Jordan Peele and putting out Get Out. Mm-hmm. So I Jason think, Blum does all the scary. Yes, shit. and he put out he put out a whole bunch more. Um, but that kind of like I think put them on the map, and they just started like, oh, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. Mm-hmm. So Perry and Blum will produce with Tim Palin under Perry and Palin's Peachtree and Vine banner, and of course, as as we've seen with you know with Jordan Peele, which made this popularize. Like not to say that you know black film has not come into the space of horror because that's not true. That's been happening for a while. Mm -hmm. It just recently was popularized uh, because of uh, Jordan Peele's successful film. So yeah, this adds to um, Blumhouse's projects and packed producing Slate. Um, but they're also producing like documentaries, TV series, and movies as well. So mm. they are booked and busy over at the Blumhouse, honey. Um, they're doing all the things. Um, and of course, Perry's <laughs> producing Slate currently. Again, he is booked and busy. And mm-hmm. I'm glad, I'm honestly glad that Tyler Perry is teaming up with someone else to do like a real horror and someone else is writing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I appreciate that a That's lot. That's great. We stand. Hopefully, we, the wigs. <sighs> Yes, hopefully the lace. Because fronts. if I see one of them wigs, I'm gonna scream just because. Yes, yeah. I'm be scared. Yeah. What was it? A fall from grace? Was that that movie? Yeah, any all of them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're like, them. pick one. <laughs> yeah, what movie? Because we can talk about uh, yeah. Mad Black Woman with that. Oh yes, with that cornrow uh, wig Moore. that Shamar Moore had on. That like, why was, he can't just wear his hair? That was so. He had weird. hair. Like Tyler Perry was like, no, 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 no. It has to be cornrows. Like you have to have, and it must be a wig. It cannot. (laughs) He cannot grow his hair out and have it cornrowed. It must be a wig. It has to be. Woo! Someone must. (laughs) They're probably afraid to suggest those things. Tyler's just gonna fire them off the leg. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean, grow his hair out? (laughs) Like, yeah. What do you mean, wear his hair? What is this? He's Shamar Moore. He's too pretty (laughs) to have his hair braided. (laughs) Okay all right so yeah <laughs> the decisions but yeah so tyler's producing like bts all the queen's men and um oh i guess this is currently what he's um producing right now but there's a whole bunch of other stuff that he's doing on bt and like own and all that stuff so okay yeah so all right i'm still gonna watch the shit yes and i'll let you tell me about it Okay, and then. I'll give you a synopsis, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll we'll see. Because uh, I cannot. Because I yeah, if the wrong, 
I don't know if it's the wrong turn. You said the wrong turn director, wrong turn writer. Mm-hmm. Writer. Wrong turn mm-hmm. scared the fuck out of me. Okay. When I was a little child. That shit was scary. <laughs> oh, no. So. All right. It Ooh. might be a little scurry. Okay, So I'll cool. get you a synopsis, girl. I wouldn't even ask you to watch it. Okay. Thank you. I feel safe. I got you. <laughs> safe space. <laughs> I got you. Oh, okay. And the last piece of piece of news. Um, Ayatsi sets October 18th, which is by the time you guys hear this, um, will be out tomorrow. So mm. on Monday, what you'll be hearing it Thursday. So Monday, October 18th is a strike date for if contract talk, talks are not resolved, right? So just to take it back a bit, so IATSE is a union which like represents a lot of like gaffers, um, hairstylists, the mm. d- DPs, like art directors, kind of like a lot of like the pivotal behind the scenes folks on the sets, right? And mm-hmm. IATSE stands for International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. And so right now they are in negotiations with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. And And they're trying to basically focus on getting sure like people have like living wages, minimum wages, like, you know, set like, I want to say like um, standards. So like people are safe on set and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And they've been at this, I think, for a while. And it's been coming to a head in terms of negotiation. And IATSE has pretty much the union members have band together and said that they will go on strike if there have they, there isn't basically any sort of uh, agreement on the contracts and the things that they're trying to get, which okay. I'm Period. like, I'm, that makes sense. <laughs> like yeah. a lot of the people on set who like make things happen shouldn't be treated like shit, quite frankly. Um, yeah. And they should. Why are we still doing that? It's cr- and like, and I, I follow the, like, uh, I think it's like support IATI on like uh, Instagram or whatever. And a lot okay. of the people who are part of there talk about some of their like awful experiences on set and stuff. And like a lot of these people do, I mean, all of them do pivotal, pivotal jobs yeah. <laughs> for the set. Like, you know, people who do grips and like gaff, like they take care of the electricity on so like making sure mm-hmm. like, the equipment is there, making sure your hair look right. Well, you know, mm-hmm. um, so I truly don't understand what the problem is. I think you need to give them all their things, but they're coming through and saying, look, if there's no agreement, we're not working on set. Now, the thing is, there's about 60,000 members in IATSE. And right now we're in the golden age of television, right? Yep. So everything's being <laughs> turned out and turned around and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So if it really does go down, I think we're going to see a lot of like production stop. And I don't know what it's going to mm-hmm. look like, but it's definitely going to affect a lot of people. Um, when it comes to I mean for us we'll just be waiting for our stuff on the TV but it's gonna affect a lot of like TV shows and productions and understanding like what's coming out what's not which I'm not mad at them like I'm not either do what (laughs) y'all need to do yeah it's not gonna respect y'all you gotta respect yourselves yeah yeah and it covers a lot of people like I didn't know it covered like animation writers I didn't know like script supervisors coordinators like costume designers like in in IATSE, there are different local chapters, and each one represents a different, like, you know, backgrounds of, like, the mm. skilled people who, like, help on set. So it's, okay. like, you know, editors, like, people who put the fucking movie together, like, god damn. Like, All the people that they need, basically. Yeah, like, set so. medics. Like, if something goes down, somebody there to, like, help your ass, you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah, I, I hope y'all get it together and just give them what they need like I, I don't yeah. I don't fully understand but I do know if this goes down there's gonna be a lot of productions that are coming to a halt so yeah, hmm. yeah. so please watch out for that get it together yep just give the people what they deserve yeah like everyone deserves to be treated fairly yeah and it's crazy that this is a discussion still in like 2020 like why are we still having like Cha. basic ass stuff but I don't understand either. It's weird. We all know the world's ghetto as hell. So it is. It is. That's why. That's why stuff is still a mess. Yeah. In 2021, I thought we would have flying cars by now, but no. yeah, we're still here 
fighting for freaking lunch breaks. Like, <laughs> is that crazy? It's ghetto. It's Ooh, weird. Okay. You guys are weird. <laughs> I don't get be it. weird. Be weird. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So with that, that's the, yeah. news. That's um, the news. Yeah. And then we'll take a break and yeah. come back with the main segment. Come on back. Hello. Still black. Just always no. gonna be black. Always gonna be proud. Okay. To be black. But anyways, that's not the point we're trying to make today. We mm-hmm. make that every day. Mm-hmm. The point we're trying to make mm-hmm. is that we're on the main segment. Period. In the main segment, we're doing educational one for y'all. Even that's though right. everything has been to me, everything has been educational these past couple months. I mean, I've learned too much. Okay. If y'all ain't taking okay. notes. I don't, I don't know, know what you're doing. Truly. <laughs> I don't really know what you're doing. You're playing. Yourself. You're playing. Get, yeah. Ooh, yourself. Truly. Yeah, you're playing yourself, and we can't do nothing about that. Mm-mm. That's a personal thing. Mm-hmm. But anyways, we're going to hit y'all with some more knowledge today. Yes, yes. I saw this article and was like, you know what? Somebody needs to hear this. This is fast. Um, somebody, you know? It's, it's very important for us to know about what we're going to talk about today. Yes. You probably already saw we're talking about narration and voice over. Yes. And this article is from Screencraft, but Ken Miyamoto did not write it. Y'all know we love Ken. Like, Y'all know we stand Ken. From Like he's so. That's my dog. He writes all of the articles, but it seems like he's taking a little break. He's yeah. letting other people write stuff. He and I is learning good. from Tyler Perry and he oh. is not doing everything. Come on. You better collab with people. Okay. <laughs> Come on. He has Miss Britton Perelman mm-hmm. writing for him. And this article was so well written that I'm going to just read it because I usually paraphrase. Mm-hmm. But this I love. I absolutely love the way she wrote it. It's very clear and yeah. concise. And she even put her own voice in it. But you can tell she's a writer because she put her own voice in it. I can hear her mm-hmm. in this article mm-hmm. and I stand. Come on. So anyways, that's not the point. The point is <laughs> we're going to talk about narration and voice over. Yeah. Um, okay. So she said, let's dive right into this plot device, how it works, how to use it, and how to avoid its many cliche pitfalls. Thank you. Make sure you let them know how not to be cliches. But first, she's going to explain what a plot device is. Well, because some people may not know. So a plot device or plot devices are storytelling tools or narrative techniques that writers can use to impact their stories. That's right. So she says, what exactly are narration and voice over? It's complicated. They're not exactly the same, but they're not exactly not the same either oh she deep oh she deep she She profound come on so (laughs) a voice over is the voice of an unseen narrator speaking correct Mm -hmm. for the voice of a physical character a physical (laughs) did i just make up a word (laughs) a what a bitch a who the voice (laughs) of a visible character expressing unspoken thoughts okay so if you if that was too much food, mm-hmm. so they're basically somebody who's not on the screen mm-hmm. speaking mm-hmm. or somebody who is on the screen, but their mouth isn't moving. Right. But you're hearing their thoughts. That's so right. That's what that means. Narration is the act or process of narrating a story. Mm-hmm. It's a commentary delivered to accompany a movie broadcast, etc. Mm. So she says it gets especially confusing because narration in movies and TV is almost always voiceover narration meaning it's worst voiced over another visual but voiceover can just be that voiceover what to make it even more confusing if you were not already confused (laughs) these words have vastly different meanings depending on the industry advertising movie marketing podcasting radio producers all use these same names or same terms to mean slightly different things right but for our purposes, moving TV shows, think of it like this. If you can hear a character or a narrator speaking, but you cannot see them saying those words aloud on the screen. Oh, I just said that. It's narration or voiceover. Okay. But before we move on, she will concede that even though they're not technically the same thing in function, doesn't matter when it comes to what's written in the script. Regardless of whether you're using narration or voiceover, you type the same two letters after your character name, the VO. All right. That's okay. it. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. It could all be voiceover, mm-hmm. 
but um, I think she wants to break it down a little bit for y'all. Okay. So y'all kind of can understand. I like it. So some people use narration and voiceover interchangeably. And, you know, you can you can do that. But to her, she's saying voice making or voice making. Voiceover is more of a filmmaking device while narration is more of a storytelling device. Okay. Okay. That's a good way to make it a distinction mm. so anytime a character's voice from one scene is put over another scene it's voice over okay so that makes yeah their voice, voice over is the scene. over scene it's mm-hmm. a voice over okay okay so it functions as a handy filmmaking technique instead of showing two scenes back to back one in which a character explains an incident and another in which we see that incident. Mm-hmm. Voiceover makes it possible to smash the two scenes together. So we have utilizing the medium of filmmaking to expedite storytelling. Okay. Okay. So I, some of y'all probably didn't know that voiceover is used for expedition mm-hmm. or better storytelling, whatever. <laughs> but narration is a little different yeah. since narration is the telling of a story. Those movies and shows that Feature narration typically have someone functioning as a narrator. Okay. Okay. So novels can be written in first person, third person limited, or third person omniscient point of view. Oh my God, I hate it when we learned that in school. Because I was like, oh, who and a what? Yeah. And likewise, film and TV narrators can be involved directly or indirectly in a story. Okay. So she gave some little examples. Yes, I was of, thinking for a snump too when she said that. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. like, girl, we don't say page. Mm-hmm. So she gave some examples of varying levels of narrator narrator involvement. Mm-hmm. First person is Forrest, tells his own life story to strangers on a park bench in um in Forrest Gump, and he offers them uh, chocolates. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third person limited is red narrates Shawshank redemption, which is a story of his friend, Andy. I never know how to say it. Dufresne. 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 And third person omniscient is an unknown narrator takes the audience through the story of Tom's heartbreak in 500 days of summer. Okay. So all these examples are voiceover narration, meaning that there is a narrator voicing a story over other images. Mm-hmm. So try to remember the distinction like this. Mm-hmm. True voiceover has an on-screen counterpart that appears somewhere in the course of the story. Yeah. True narration, on the other hand, is more internal or thematic and is often woven into the narrative structure of a piece. Mm-hmm. Voiceover narration is a bit of both. Mm. Okay. All right. So I hope everyone is following. I feel like she's very, she's explaining it pretty well. I like, I like the way she's Yeah, yeah, it. she is. I mean, she's dropping lots of bars for you. Like, yeah. clearly, I feel yeah. like she has a poetic background. Um, yeah. It's and very, it's giving novel. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's giving novel. <laughs> Novella. Novella. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh so now gosh. she's talking about diegetic versus non Diegetic. I don't, okay. even, I don't even know what the fuck that is. Well, school me, girl. So when you're watching a movie, there are certain elements that exist in the world of the story and others that exist solely for you, the viewer. Okay. True. Diegetic element are those that exist within the world of the story and non-diegetic elements are those that do not. Okay. So the easiest way to understand the difference is to think about music and sound. Mm. While the characters in a story can hear music playing in a restaurant, i.e. diegetic, they cannot hear the movie's score Mm. that has been added in post-production, which is i.e. non-diegetic. Using the same logic, narration and voiceover can either be diegetic or non-diegetic. Okay. So if the voiceover or narration has some kind of on-screen in-world source that it can be tracked back to, it's diegetic. Okay. Conversely, if the voiceover narration does not have an on-screen, in-world source, it's non-diegetic. So non-diegetic voiceover or narration is often used to convey a character's inner thoughts or feelings to the audience. Okay. So not to the other characters. Yeah. I feel like I've, I've stuff that I've seen and watched is mostly the first one, which is diegetic. So it's like, like if we look at like Blackish, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Anthony Anderson's character Dre 
we hear, we see him on the screen yes. and he's narrating the story and, and how to navigate, you know, his, yeah. his world and family and all of that stuff. I, I don't know if I know an example of non uh, diegetic, but I, I'm sure I'll, I'll think of some later yeah. after It'll the podcast like is over. Popping your brain. Yeah. So she says, in these cases, whether the person speaking is a character in the story or third party narrator, the voice is disembodied. For example, there is narration from the main character in About Time, mm-hmm. but we never see him speak any. We never see him speak any of this narration on screen. Yeah. Mm. Nor do any of the other characters hear it in any way. So it's completely non-diegetic. Okay. So basically, yeah, if mm-hmm. it's literally the inner thoughts that no one in the story is hearing Mm -hmm. the audience is hearing it and he's not saying it out loud then it would be non-diegetic so sometimes the distinction between diegetic or non-diegetic is left up in the air for the majority of the story um i don't really want to talk about that example so she says while the distinction between diegetic and non-diegetic might not seem too important when taken at face value it's critical to think about how narrative technique like narration of voiceover will function within your story. Mm. Being intentional. So now she wants to do a little case study. I love a good case study. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Fight Club. Oh, yeah. So I want to say that maybe most people have seen Fight yeah. Club. But maybe I haven't not. seen it in a minute. I haven't seen it in a minute yeah. either. But I want to say that a lot of people have seen Fight Club. Mm-hmm. If you have it, maybe you should watch it after this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after, you, after we talk about it and then yeah. you'll watch it and you'll see what she was talking about. Yeah, for sure. So in this movie, an unnamed main character played by Ed Norton. I totally forgot. They never named him. He serves as a narrator. OK. He tells a story of how he met an enigmatic soap salesman named Tyler Durden, played by Brad Pitt. They started a fight club and they became embroiled in an anti-corporate organization causing chaos around the city. Sure. The big twist of the movie, in case you haven't seen it, spoiler bitch, is that <laughs> Tyler Durden doesn't exist. He and the narrator are the same person. Spoiler bitch. We have to put that <laughs> on a shirt. I like that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason that the twist works so well is because of the non-diegetic voiceover narration throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Who never thought about that? Yeah, because we don't really know who that voice is until. Yeah. Is it even revealed that he's the same person? Yeah, at the end. At the end, okay. So at yeah. the end. Mm-hmm. So, but the fact that he doesn't, he doesn't tell anybody what's in his head. There's nobody to be like, bitch. Tyler Durden isn't real. <laughs> so that's why the twist worked yeah. because it was non-diegetic. Mm. So when you watch Fight Club, you're treated to an almost nonstop stream of voiceover narration from the unnamed narrator played by Edward Norton. He goes on and on about his horrible white collar job, his disdain for consumerism culture, his persistent insomnia and his growing confusion about the overall objective of Project Mayhem. Mm. Because audiences are prone to thinking that narrators who speak directly to them are inherently trustworthy. Ooh, that is Uh. true. We are groomed wow. to believe that the screenwriter is able to subvert those expectations by having Fight Club's main character be incredibly unreliable and nuts. See? <laughs> and nuts. I love and the fuck. gaslighting that we do as screenwriters. And I'm just going to just y- utilize that, honestly. Yeah. So. I love making somebody bonkers. Mm. So now for the most part, we don't see the narrator speak this narration aloud on screen, which would imply that it's non-diegetic because he's not speaking it mm-hmm. and no one's hearing it. It's internal. Um, none of the other characters hear it, which I said that earlier, mm-hmm. but there's one scene that throws everything up in the air. Not only does a narrator break the fourth wall in this scene and talk directly to the audience mm. about Tyler's professional life, but Tyler himself interrupts the narrator's explanation and acknowledges the presence of the external audience. Mm. So since the narrator and Tyler are the same person, does this narrative anomaly count as an in-world source of the voiceover narration making diegetic? Or does the fact that we see the narrator speak some of his typical narration aloud mean that it isn't true voiceover narration? At Ooh. the end of the day, she said, don't really fucking matter. <laughs> I'm about to say, oh, she deep. <laughs> she went deep and then was like, anyway, it don't fucking matter. <laughs> Britain, come on. <laughs> um, she says, a great example of a movie that cannot be separated from its plot device because it is its plot device. 
again bars she's just mm, i'm just i can't truly i think all her chakras are aligned mm-hmm. she is like <laughs> one with the earth when she wrote this is deep it's very it's giving sensei mm-hmm. it's giving sensei so then um she's gave y'all some other movies with show oh, yeah. or shows with voiceover narration Inception, series of fortunate time, events yeah. okay. adaption Amelia, American Beauty, The Big Lebowski, Casino, Dead Like Me, Election, The George Jungle, or George of the Jungle movies, Goodfellas, <laughs> How I Met Your Mama, Inception. <laughs> Not How I Met Your Mama. <laughs> the Tyler Perry Studio production. <laughs> how I Met Your Mama. I love that. The girls love that. And I ain't like that show. <laughs> yes. I like it. Um, and then other very well-named, we'll put the article in here. So if y'all want to study these, yeah, y'all yeah, can. Yeah. But Goodfellas is a good one. Because mm-hmm. I remember that voiceover was like, it just stood out a lot to me. Yeah. He he really guided niggas through his story. Mm-hmm. Um, so she said, how to use narration and voiceover in your story. So the age-old stereotypical advice about voiceover and narration is to never use them. I've mm, heard that myself. I've heard that, yeah. But like with many plot devices, narration and voiceover can actually make good stories even greater if, if use them effectively. Mm. So consider these questions before you decide if you want to use that as a plot device. Mm. So how is the narration voiceover functioning within the story? Does the voiceover have an on-screen source at some point in the story? Is narration woven into the structure of the story itself? Is it a bit of blah? Mm. Regardless, <laughs> make sure you have a clear idea of how the narration or voiceover will function within the story mm-hmm. before you start writing. That's a good tip. Yeah, that's really good advice. be put in voiceover and then never use this shit again. Be when consistent. I be like <laughs> reading some scripts, I be like, so you had one line of voiceover in the beginning, and you just never use this shit again. Yeah. Like it don't work like that, sir. Mm. sir. It don't work like that. Nope. So also ask yourself, why are you using voiceover? If you're using narration to convey inner thoughts, feelings, or emotions, is it purely technical function to show a more interesting scene while a character tells a story? Or maybe an on-screen narrator provides expository information crucial to the story that the audience won't get any other way. Mm. Um, the information provided by the narration of voiceover should be something the audience cannot get otherwise. Okay. Basically, yeah. I agree with that. So yeah. if you could get the same info from something on screen, you probably don't use this pot device. Yeah. And I second that all the way. Yeah. So yeah, there's always a way to get something across. Oh yeah. And if you just feel like, Oh my God, I cannot like show this. Yeah. There's no way they can talk about this. Then sure. If you want to use it, use it. Right. So then she talks about show don't tell. Oh yeah. Which is something that I be always, I stand behind uh, show don't tell. Yeah. Child. Okay. Yeah. It's more relevant than ever when it comes to narration of voiceover. In general, if the information you're trying to convey to the audience could be shown Mm -hmm. through on-screen action or dialogue, it's probably best to nix the voiceover narration. Yeah. I agree, girl. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, 100%. So then you got to ask yourself, am I using the voiceover narration as a crush? Ooh, so she said, really, really uh, talk to yourself. Yeah. And you better really get yourself together. Yeah, I feel like she's attacked i feel attacked you know <laughs> but that's okay you know basically I think it's a fair this is loud yeah this is real yeah. loud she needs to quiet down really noisy right now but that's quiet that's fine down. it's fair <laughs> i get it i receive it so she's there using it as a crutch the biggest issue with the plot devices that writers tend to use as a crutch amen mm-hmm. instead of finding ways to externalize their story for the audience to see on screen because it is a visual medium mm-hmm. Mm. insecure writers oh she said it's the curve there's no need for name calling my god she's she's shy no need she said y'all insecure hoes <laughs> <laughs> like the whole one and ho. damn Brit. okay y'all head straight to the voice oh my god <laughs> and have their characters spell things out for the audience Ooh. okay well can you get your foot off my neck jesus <laughs> She said, y'all hoes is lazy. <laughs> so, um, oh, and okay. exactly what she said. She said, this is how voice voiceover narration gets a bad rap. Mm-hmm. If you're using it to take the easy way out, it's called lazy writing. Mm. And who on earth? She said, who on earth wants What's that? that? <laughs> Period. <laughs> she should have put F, earth. Yeah, this shit is loud. <laughs> this we shit is get loud. it, Britain. God. Wow. Okay. But that'd probably be my biggest tip, too. If you're yeah. being lazy, mm-hmm. 
and you want to use voiceover to be lazy, don't. <laughs> Just don't. If you haven't gotten anything from this episode, don't be lazy. Don't yeah. be a lazy writer. Yeah. Don't, don't do be a lazy writer and get your shit together. Yeah. So she said, also ask yourself, does it make the story better? Mm. Sometimes it does. A lot of times it doesn't. Yeah. Sometimes a lot of people don't use it right. Yeah. So when it comes to voiceover narration, I don't think the relevant question is whether or not you could remove it and still have the story make sense. Sometimes the voiceover narration is integral to the very structure of the story. Without the voiceover narration in I, Tanya, Molly's Game, and How I Met Your Mama, the stories basically fall apart. True. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not a bad thing. The writer has just effectively used this plot device to create the story. Mm-hmm. But there are plenty of examples in which you could take the voiceover narration out and the narrative still holds up. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, if your story has enough stability to stand up on its own, that's a sign of a great story. Mm-hmm. Okay, But sometimes voiceover narration adds something thematic, something mm. special to a story. Ooh, some genesis like Sauce, it adds some little sauce <laughs> to a story that actually makes it better. And that's true. Mm-hmm. She said, would about time work without Tim's narration? Would the ending of Shawshank Redemption still hit home without Reds? Yes, but they just wouldn't be the same. And that's a sign of a great voiceover narration. So it don't hit the same. Mm. Okay. It hit different. Mm, hit different. It's different. It it's different. Okay. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's a good point to think about whether, you know, it really is the backbone of your storytelling. Mm-hmm. If it is, keep it. If it's not, yeah. then don't keep it. So whatever. Yeah. So she said, whether you're using an omniscient narrative or simply cutting to another scene while character is talking, voiceover narration are critical storytelling devices every writer must understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least understand. Don't have to use it, but understand it. And she says, now as the narrator of this article, I have to insist you stop reading this article and get back to writing immediately. Wow. So she be doing too much. She loud as fuck. If you're going to write that saucy, don't put your picture at the bottom of the article. Okay. Right. All right. I'm like, did Breton write this or Britannia? (laughs) Not Britannia. (laughs) Yeah. She a little saucy. She's saucy in her own little way. But that was a great article. Yes. Like good I job, said, yeah, yeah, good job. I enjoyed the way that you wrote that. Mm-hmm. I really, truly did. I thought you really broke it down. And you actually taught me some things. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know the terms for diegetic and undiegetic. So that was yeah. dope. Mm-hmm. Great examples. And we're going to definitely put this um, article in the description because y'all need to read it. Absolutely. I advise, and she put some clips. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There were even clips in there. Yep. To embedded, guide. Embedded. They were embedded, okay, mm. to guide you through what she was talking about. Obviously, I couldn't play the clips, um, but super important. Yeah. Yeah. That was super that helpful. Was good, and I agreed with everything that she said. Yeah. Um, we, throughout the, the years, we've seen voiceover mm-hmm. a lot. And like I said, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, right. but she's right. You really have to know how to use it, why you're using it, and if it's necessary. Yeah. And that I don't have nothing else to say. She really hit the nail on the damn head with that one, sis. I mean, she just put that period at the end of that sentence. Mm-hmm. So, And then after know. that, she said, get back to writing, ho. <laughs> Stop reading this. <laughs> and write. And write. You're welcome. I was like, yeah. okay. I'm like, okay, guys. Right. <laughs> She's so damn spicy, I can't take it. Ooh, child. But yeah, that was great. I don't even yeah. have anything to add. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't have anything to add. I just know they're like, I love a, like, uh, coming of age story and like mm. the new wonder years is pretty good and i think they use the voiceover Ooh, very well yeah I have to watch that. yeah i was afraid it was gonna be like you know leaning too hard into like you know black struggle of it all but it's actually really funny cute and endearing so is they do it a good like job. um is it just happy yeah i mean it really it it does a great job of using all the characters, even though it's in the voice of uh, the young boy who's the adult voiceover is Don Cheadle. And so oh, I already love it. Yeah, it's it's really good. And like he's going through like I think it's the late 60s because the first episode mm. they talk about um, Martin Luther King's passing and how it affected like the community and everything. Mm. But we follow him as he's like trying to navigate high school in the late 60s. So it's Got really it. cute. Um, um, great acting, super fun, and the voiceover is really good because it, it actually adds to the comedic timing of everything. It's really, really good. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And one, also, I do have an example. Is mm-hmm. one voiceover that I 
always love is Dexter. Oh yeah, you know, Dexter's a lot one of people my love yeah favorite shows ever. I mean, <laughs> the first couple seasons we ain't gonna talk about the last season, but it's coming back hey. for a little bit. Netflix, right? But Showtime. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Dexter built Showtime series. Okay, okay. that he built the original Showtime series. Mm. Mm. But anyways. They the voiceovers on there were really good. That's dope. Amazing. So if you want to have a little case study, do a little case study on Dexter. There it is. I always enjoyed the voiceovers on that. But anyways, yeah, yeah I don't have uh, she, uh, she. I just I mean, truly. I don't got nothing <laughs> to say. So you took yeah. the words out my little mouth. Got me together. Yeah, got me together. All together. I didn't even really need that today, but yeah. thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll um, be doing some rewriting. Thank right? you. Brittany. Stepped on my little Jesus. neck. That's fine. Don't need a neck anyway. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm-hmm. that was a good article. So I'm going to link that in the yes. description for y'all. Cause I know some of y'all need that. That was a whole ass word. <laughs> and yeah, hopefully you guys learned something. Cause I learned something. I'm sure mm-hmm. Judith learned something yes. and great article. Once again, thank you, Britain. Yeah. All right, so we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with our last segment. Niggas, you should know. Hey, hey. We are back. We are black. And we are at the end of the show where we highlight uh, black and brown creatives in the industry who are doing the damn thing. We just think they deserve a shout out. We give them their flowers. Mm-hmm. We let you know they got next. And uh, these three niggas, we already mentioned them early up top in the news. Um, they won the fellowship. Okay. Yes. And I'm going to go back because I want to make sure, forgive me that I read it correctly, but I know it's with Kevin Hart's laugh out loud and sundance institute mm-hmm. and they are the three they're actually the three finalists that made it all the way and they're gonna have their stuff actually created and directed by three amazing black women gabrielle dennis megan good and brisha webb um these are the finalists for the fellows uh and these are the fellows that were named a part of the programs and they're gonna have peacock projects and they're gonna have their stuff shown at Sundance and all the things and one of them is gonna go on and have a great development deal so shout out to them we're gonna give love to Willandria Blair whose project Buddy and Bernice which I actually want to see I think that sounds hilarious Mm -hmm. we also have Danielle Nicolette with Black Karen and Moni Oya Depot, which I finally said your name right. Forgive me, sis. Um, but congratulations. Um, all three of these women worked hard. I'm looking forward to seeing their stuff. I'm looking forward to see what it looks like directed by these amazing black women. Um, yeah, let's continue to support and let's continue to like see what they can do. But I know it's going to be dope. It's going to yes, be so dope. Yes, yes. So June and I were talking because in the article, their pictures are there. And we mm. swore that we saw Danielle Nicolette in something. And yes. we did. You saw Acrimony. Oh! <laughs> she was an Acrimony girl. Girl, you better come on she to the right inside. I mean, was, she might have been acting and writing for a long time for mm, all I know. Yeah. Well, she's 47, which... I'm sorry. Where? <laughs> what? That, I was so out when I just saw that. Just get my no, casket. No, if y'all see just this picture, y'all be like, just what? put me in the earth. 47 it's fine. where I don't believe that. Yeah, she looks amazing. Absolutely no way. But that's what black women She's been do. in the game for a minute. Her first <laughs> first role was in the Jacksons uh, miniseries. Oh, wow. And then she was in that Feeling was Matters, Moesha, Third Rock from the Sun. She oh, had okay. a recurring role in that from like. She's that been was, working. Yeah. So I'm very happy to see her get her. I hope you know. I hope things, I mean, things are going to go well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's been in the game for so long, and yeah. I stand. Congrats to her. I'm Congrats seeing, like, all three. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I'm so blown that it's at 47. I said, uh-huh. Where, no. This she lady looks look a nam- smooth bit. 20. <laughs> <laughs> she looks, I'm like, wait a minute. Like. Like, it don't make no sense to me. That tell me no the sense. potions you are using, sis. Mm-hmm. But then again, I mean, Ashanti this week turned 41. Oh, baby. Uh-uh. <laughs> Truly, I'm like, wait a minute now. I was like, time to do two days. Let me stop playing games. Right. Like, what? Black women, you amaze me. Truly, the best. That's why y'all need to hire us in the industry more. Mm, You're welcome. Right? Mm. We'll make your shit slap. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And apparently, that. we'll live forever. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like, we'll be around. Right? 
to give you ideas and ideas and ideas. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, shout out to all three of those women. Yes. I just had to shout out Daniel Nicolette because we both recognized her. Yeah. And I had no idea that her career went all the way back there. Yes. That's crazy. And I'm, yeah, I just can't believe that. Yeah. Go on. 40, yeah, 47. What? Okay. Where? Crazy. But shout out to all those women. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to highlight them again. So y'all remember their names. And y'all make sure y'all check their stuff out on Peacock. Please. And we're so excited to see what else they do. Yes. And yeah, that's the end of the show. Episode 93. Woo. Okay. Inching Woo. on them honeys or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. That means we were doing it for a little minute, I guess. I guess so. I guess so. Oh my God. Did we get our 10,000 hours in? I don't know. Oh my God. It feels like maybe. Maybe math is not my, my strong suit. We're close. Either way, we're close to our 10,000 hours, which yes. means that, you know, we've been doing the damn thing out here. So, amen. Just sound to you on all the things yes. as usual. As I always say, make sure you engage, interact, like, subscribe, rate, yes, whatever the, the fuck that you can do, do it. <laughs> Please. Point, I don't know all the things, yeah. all the actions, just do them. Honestly. If you see something, do it. Okay. That's all I can really tell you. Yep. And yeah, we hope you learned something. I learned something. I learned a lot. I definitely did. Mm-hmm. And make sure you support everything that we talk about as usual. Period. And that's it. That's Goodbye. All. Bye, y'all. See you next week.